You're listening to a main session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. Hey, Arc West Coast! We are so excited to be with you for this time today. Um, we love ARC, and we are so honored to be a part of it with all of you, um, and just excited to talk to you today a little bit about marriage and ministry um, and what that's like for us. Yeah, I got my, my boo with me, my sweet thing, my baby mama, my sugar booger. Come on, every time I look at her, my heart goes pitter-patter, let me at her. Come on, anybody know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, Herbert. Uh, I'm getting brownie points, y'all. I'm getting brownie points. Uh, but we really do love ARC. Um, it's, it's, it's an honor. Uh, it's a privilege. It's uh, one of the most uh, significant things that we're able to be a part of through serving, through giving, uh, to seeing couples' dreams come to pass, starting a life-giving church. And I just believe the best churches are still yet to be planted. Anybody still believe that? We're just getting started. We're just getting started on all that we're going to do together to see more churches started and more lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And did my pastor, Pastor Chris, you knocked it out the park like you always do. You blessed us. Thank you for that word. Thank you for that word. And I'm excited just to share with my wife uh, today just about marriage, marriage and ministry. And we want to talk to you for a few minutes about silent frustrations. How many know that there's frustrated and then there's silent frustrations? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, if you've been married longer than two months, you know what I'm talking about. You know, silent frustrations. And when, when a couple gets married, you know, no, nobody gets married thinking, you know what, I can't wait to get married because it is going to be horrible. I'm excited to get married because we're going to be miserable. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to be aggravated. I can't wait to get married. It's going to be bad. Nobody gets married thinking that. I, I just can't wait to get married because I'm not going to like you in a year. I mean, nobody gets married thinking that. We, we all get married, you know, we, we start thinking about we're going to get to spend our life together with somebody and we're all in love. And Tiffany and I, we started dating, you know, years ago and we were falling in love in the state of Missouri. And she chased me down till I finally kind of gave in, broke me down, broke her brother down. And I knew a good thing. <laughs> Amen. We're done. <laughs> And we started dating, and we got engaged. And here's an engagement picture of us. We, we got engaged, and come on, come on. Check out the denim. Check out the denim. Yeah, that's us. That's salt and pepper right there. That's milk chocolate and white chocolate. That's that Oreo cookie, y'all. Y'all see me wrap my arm around it like that? That's the Oreo cookie. That's us. We got engaged. And we were all in love. It's going to be good. We got, we, we, we called the ministry. We love God. We got a dream. Marriage is going to be amazing. We can't wait. And then on December the 20th, 1997, in Grand Island, Nebraska, on the altar, we got married. 
married. Check out one of our wedding pictures here when we got married. Oh, we were so in love and we were so excited to start this journey together. And like so many of you in this room, we had dreams for a future, a big future together. And then something happened along the way. Like something always happens along the way, right? So maybe it's on your honeymoon, maybe it's one month in, six months in, maybe just a year in or three years in, but something happens and all of a sudden you start to experience tensions and issues and frustrations. Have you been there? Yeah, you've been there. And actually for pastors, what do we like to say? We like to say, we just have intense moments of fellowship. That's what we say. But, you know, it's all out. And so for us, we started to experience these frustrations. Things were not turning out the way that they thought they would. And so for us, we started to have a lot of silent frustrations. And kind of the biblical character that just really resonated with Tiffany and I as we were just preparing uh, this talk together was Abraham and Sarah. Because in Genesis chapter 12, they're like the ultimate church planting couple. I mean, God gave them this amazing promise, this amazing dream for their life. I mean, they have this dream for their marriage, for their future. And I mean, this promise from God is every church planter's dream. And it's in Genesis chapter 12. You're familiar with it. Verse number one says this. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Come on, go. I'm going to show you a city to go make a difference in. And in verse two, he says, I will make you into a great nation. Come on, that's good all by itself. I need a B hammer and B3 organ. Come on, somebody. Mm. And I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and mm, whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And they, this, this couple, this ministry couple, this powerhouse couple have a promise from God. They're going to build the most powerful church on the planet. Come on, somebody. World domination. I mean, they have this vision from God. And then you keep reading the story. And Abraham and Sarah experience silent frustrations. Yeah, so in Genesis 12, it talks about how they leave their family and their homeland. And so I can only imagine that Sarah is experiencing these frustrations of leaving everything she knew, the people that she loved, to start a life that was going to be unfamiliar to her. And I know for Herbert and I, when I think about after our honeymoon, we moved together away from our family to a new city to start a life. We were so excited but along the way, things don't quite turn out the way you think they're going to. We both had our own baggage that we brought into the relationship. And so uh, there was just tension and frustration that continued to build in becoming one together. And then as you keep reading in Genesis 13, it says that their nephew Lot, he decides to split from the family and he chooses the nicer land. 
Well, hello, family frustration, right? So he chooses the good land and you're just left with the leftovers. And, you know, I can just imagine the frustration that Abraham and Sarah may have felt in this situation. And for Herbert and I, I know one of the areas that we experienced a lot of frustration early on was in establishing two becoming one and establishing family boundaries. In fact, I feel like every time we were planning and preparing to go visit my family, the tensions would just escalate and grow higher and higher, which generally resulted in Herbert being extremely annoyed and me in tears. There were so many frustrations in that season. It only happened five, six, eight, ten times Years. or so, but uh, uh, we, we were dealing with family <laughs> frustrations. And, and then you read the story, because I want, I want you to get the picture here with Abraham and Sarah in Genesis chapter 13 through 15. They can't get pregnant, and they're getting older. The, the dream that they have is not coming to pass fast enough. And there, there, there's this silent frustration of why isn't the dream happening fast enough? And we can find ourselves like that as, as, a, as a married couple, that we have dreams from God, and why aren't they happening faster? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just got these dreams. Come on, God. Why, 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 why aren't we seeing the growth that we want to see? Or maybe why aren't the finances increasing the way that we want them to increase? Or maybe it's a staffing situation or a dream team, a volunteer situation. Or sometimes Tiffany and I, some of our frustration has been dreaming about a new season of ministry or a new season of life, and it is not happening fast enough, and there is this just this silent frustration in our marriage. And then you see in Genesis chapter 16, Sarah tells Abraham to sleep with Hagar. I'm going to pause right here when I say this, and he does. Come on, just look, just look at your husband and say, don't do that. Go ahead and go ahead and just tell him, yeah, don't, don't, that's stupid. That was stupid. And, and she gets pregnant. And then their silent frustration led to conceiving and giving birth to something that caused a huge problem in their marriage. Let me tell you what happens oftentimes is, is we have this, this dream and we're dreaming about something. And because of silent frustration, and if you had a silent frustration lay dormant too long, you will start conceiving and giving birth to things that will cause problems in your marriage because it's just there and it's there and you're not talking and it's silent frustrations because you got a dream and it's not happening and, and the communication's diminishing and, and you're just experiencing silent frustration. Now, I want you to think about this. What is in your marriage? Think about your marriage. What in your marriage, what, what are you giving birth to because of silent frustrations? I want you to think about that. What in your marriage are you giving birth to right now? And it doesn't look good. It's not good. If, you, if you're honest, you go, this is not good. You're giving birth to it. And I thought, I think about Tiffany and I. Because of silent frustration, walls were going up in our marriage. And instead of having intimacy and connection, there were walls going up because of silent frustration. There began to be emotional pain in our marriage because of, of silent frustration. And then, and I had no clue, but there began to be this unspoken and unresolved issues. We were dealing with silent frustrations. Yes, and as Herbert said in Genesis 16, we see that Sarah despises Hagar because of the baby. And 
honestly, Sarah, she is just frustrated with her own poor decision. And I don't know about you, but I have been there time and time again where I am frustrated with my own poor decision. We try to rush God sometimes, and I've been guilty of rushing God, trying to make my future happen, trying to control the outcomes, and every time it ends badly and in frustration. And I know for Herbert and I, we had things that we wanted to happen in our life, in our marriage, in our ministry, but sometimes you rush ahead of God and you try to do it in your own timing and then you're just miserable and you're frustrated. And that's what was happening to Sarah. And then we find out in Genesis 18 that Sarah laughs at God. Have you ever been to a point of frustration that all you can do is laugh? I have been there. There have been times and seasons in our marriage when I just got tired of hoping and praying and wanting it to change that you just kind of like, okay, God, well, is this what it is? And, and that frustration birthed hopelessness, which then turned into questions. And I just started to kind of say like, okay, God, well, is this as good as our marriage is going to get? If it is, okay. And, and thinking things like, are we ever going to heal from our silent frustrations? It was just, we had built up so much frustration. And then we read in Genesis 20, and it goes even farther. And we read that Abraham deceived Abimelech into thinking that Sarah wasn't his wife. Well, hello. I would be so frustrated if Herbert was trying to pull me off as not his wife, right? And so Sarah is having this frustration. And I remember um, seasons when Herbert in ministry um, put, or it felt like he was putting the church before me and putting the church before our kids. Um, I remember seasons when he was depleted, when maybe he was physically present, but he was not mentally or emotionally present. Even seasons when I felt like the success of the church was trumping my well-being. And that it snowballs. And you just, if you like meditate on it, the frustrations grow and they grow and they grow. And so for us, it was just a season of growing frustrations. Yeah, and you think about Abraham and Sarah, I just, I want you to think about this. They finally have the promised child. They finally have Isaac, and then Ishmael mocks Isaac, and there even begins to be tension around the promised child. They finally get what they've been dreaming about, that they finally see the promised child, and even it's not turning out the way that they thought it would turn out. And, and I've learned this about life. I've learned this about ministry. There are some things that we're dreaming about, and we finally get what we're dreaming about, and it doesn't turn out the way that we thought it would. Come on, there are some things that you think that are going to make you happy and make you satisfied that actually when you get them, you're going to find out you're still not as satisfied as you thought you would. You're thinking, man, our marriage, honey, I'm telling you, we're going to start spending time together when the church gets a little bigger. <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, it's just a season. Come on, that's our, that's our favorite word in a minute. It's a season. We're just in a season. The season is going to change, baby. Just a season. Because I'm telling you, it's got to hire a few more staff, and the season's going to change. We'll be happy. We just got to get a little bit more money, and then we're going then, then to be, be happy. We just got to get to launch that new campus, and, and, and then I'm telling you, we're going to be happy. And then what oftentimes happens is we actually do, and we experience what we're dreaming about, and then we're left empty, and it's still silent. Frustrations. 
And then in Genesis chapter 21, Sarah is so frustrated. She tells Abraham to send Hagar and Ishmael away. She's fed up. She's had enough. She's crazy frustrated. And here's the reality for all of us. We all experience silent frustrations in marriage and ministry. And so here's the question I want us to think about. What are you doing with your silent frustrations? What are you doing with your silent frustrations? And from our own pain, our our almost 22 years of marriage, we want to just share with you three things to do when you're dealing with silent frustrations. And it's happening in this room. It's been growing for some of you. It's growing. There's tension in your marriage. You're not talking about that. It's growing silent frustrations. What do you do? And the first thing is this, get emotionally healthy. Get emotionally healthy. In Matthew chapter seven, verse three through five, it says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. I changed that word to Herbert. But you don't use my name. You use your name, okay? You don't, don't, you don't say Herbert when you read it. All right, now you use your name. I'm going to use Herbert. Herbert, first. Everybody shout first. Oh, come on, Ark, you didn't shout. Shout first. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And I, this was huge for me. I had to stop trying to change Tiffany. And I had to start working on changing me. And when I took my eyes off changing Tiffany and put my eyes on changing me, you know what I figured out? I had a big honking log in my own eye. And she had an itty bitty, speedy booty, small speck in her eye. I was the issue. And I had to quit trying to be the Holy Spirit for Tiffany and let the Holy Spirit speak to me and change me and deal with my issues because I had some logs in my eye that were hindering our marriage and causing silent frustrations. I I didn't realize it, but I brought trust issues into our marriage because of the dysfunctional home that I grew up in. It was a log in our marriage. I I had rejection and abandonment issues because of, of my childhood of facing rejection and abandonment. I brought that baggage into our marriage and it was causing frustration. I had pride. And pride is so blinding, you don't even see it. But I thought my way was right, and Tiffany's way wasn't as good as mine. It was, it was, it was pride. I, I was blind to how my words and actions were making Tiffany feel. I didn't realize that I was hurting her and wounding her and had no clue that what I was saying or the vibe I was putting off was wounding my bride and causing frustration. And this was hard for me. I had to actually admit, Herbert, you got logs in your eyes and you got to get emotionally healthy. And I had to start working on my own emotional health and the logs in my own eyes. And Herbert wasn't the only one with logs. I mean, I found out that I had so many that I was unaware of. Um, I think entering into marriage, I had a very unhealthy view of what marriage was, um, very unrealistic view. And um, I pretty much thought, if Herbert is happy, I'm a good wife. 
if Herbert is upset, I'm a very bad wife. Um, I put everything in how I made him feel, if I was a success or a failure. And honestly, I kind of made him God in my life um, and put him on that pedestal. And it was just really unhealthy. Um, I wanted to be the perfect wife and I was failing. Another was negative self-talk. So I got to a place, I could go from being incredibly confident and assured of what I was doing in life to all of a sudden, within a matter of minutes, feeling like a miserable failure. I just put too much much weight on my role as a wife and how it connected to Herbert and how he was feeling. Um, And so for me, um, I even got to a place, and I don't know if you've done this in the room, where all of a sudden I was just like, my internal dialogue was so unkind and so unhealthy and just very negative. And so that was just bringing down our relationship with my negative self-talk. A big log for me a big one was that I, over time, took on a victim mentality, almost like putting on the label of victim. And this was so dangerous because when I put on that label, all of a sudden it just became easy to kind of like cave and put all the responsibility on Herbert. Well, he's the one that's making me feel this way. I'm just a victim. And I had to go to a place where I acknowledged that I am just wearing this label so that I could see clearly my own issues because being a victim masked me from seeing the things that I was doing to contribute to our problems. And so I just had to rip that mask off. And then another was living in isolation. I had to break isolation off of my life. I had got really good about just living internally having a lot of people around me, but nobody really knowing what was going on. And I had to get really honest and transparent with Herbert and sharing with him how I really felt and what I was really thinking. And I had to get transparent with people trusted people, the right people, who could come alongside me, support me, walk with me, journey with me as I healed in this process of removing the logs from my eyes. And the second thing is attack the issues, Mm -hmm. not each other. This is huge. Attack the issues, not each other. And for me, I had to realize that attacking the issue meant really talking. So as you know from our dialogue, I was good at keeping stuff inside, but that was so detrimental to our relationship and it was actually very unfair to Herbert. How would he know the things that I was unhappy about or wanted to be changed if he didn't even know how I was feeling? So in attacking the issue, I had to actually talk about what was happening and that was a big step for me um, for us to be able to start dealing with the issues. And that was not my problem. (laughs) I was talking too much, and I had to learn to listen. And I'll tell you what was big for me is I was really defensive. I was defensive. I I could could out-talk Tiffany, and so I would use all my words and talk and defend and had no idea I was actually causing more damage and pain in our marriage and creating more frustration. So I had to actually learn, how do I create a safe environment to make my bride comfortable to talk and deal with my own insecurities, deal with my own issues? This is not a personal attack. 
We just got to deal with the issues. And how do I create a safe environment for Tiffany to talk? It was huge for me because I could not create that environment. We couldn't attack the issues. Instead, we were attacking each other. And, and then the last thing is this. So we want to close with this last point. And it sounds so cliche-ish when we say it, just like a cliche, but it's not. It's so critical to dealing with silent frustrations. And that's out there today. And here it is. Keep Jesus at the center. Yes. And when we keep Jesus at the center, we are continually growing. We are continually changing for the better. We are on the potter's wheel. We are letting him mold us, shape us, mature us. We're going through the process of sanctification. For us, it was so important that we individually and together were becoming more like Christ and that we were allowing God to have room to take the things out of our life that didn't need to be there and to grow a foundation on the things that were built on Christ. And I would say this, as we keep our eyes on Jesus and we, we, we focus on Jesus, we humble ourselves before our, our spouse. Um, and, and humbling ourselves is not easy because when we humble ourselves, you know what I found myself doing all the time now is saying these words, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And when we really start dealing with silent frustrations, you know what we're living for? We're saying, babe, I'm living to outserve you, not outselfish you. Because my life is, Jesus is the center. So I want to outserve you. How do I serve you? And something that's been huge is when Jesus is at the center, you can't have Jesus in your heart and be full of Jesus and not forgive. So I forgive. I forgive again. I forgive again. I forgive again. And having a strong marriage is a lot of work. And I thank God we have a strong marriage. It's a lot of work and it's worth it. It's a lot of work and it's worth it. And, and we want to just close out by I'm going to pray for you all for a minute. Here's what we know. As there are a lot of silent frustrations in this room. But the, the question is, what are you doing with those? Are you talking? Are you communicating? Are you creating a safe environment? Are you working through it? Silent frustrations. I want us to do this as we just close out in prayer. If you're here, and you might, you might not even be here with your, your spouse, and you're dealing with silent frustrations. It'll mess up your ministry, your marriage, your children. If you don't know how to communicate, talk, maybe I get a counseling, some counseling to help you. But it's key that you don't let the frustrations grow and grow and grow and grow. And you keep thinking, it's just a season. It's just, it's a season. It's just a season. We're just in a season. But a season can wreck your marriage. If you don't learn how to deal with silent frustrations, if you're in this room married, maybe your spouse is not with you and you're dealing with silent frustrations and you just need the Lord's help today, we want to pray over you. Would you just stand up right around this building and it's a safe place. Just stand. You say, there's some silent frustrations. There's some silent frustrations. We want to pray over you. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you. Silent frustrations in our marriage. and We're dealing with some stuff. We all do. We all deal with it. We all do. We need the Lord's help. We need the Lord's help. We want to pray with you right now. Lord, today we come before you, Father, and I pray over each couple represented standing in this room. Father, we ask by your Holy Spirit that you would begin to do a deep work, Lord, in the area of silent frustrations. 
in each of these relationships, Father. Lord, I pray that as they begin a journey of discussion and dialogue, Lord, of, of uncovering the things, Lord, that they have been keeping to themselves, Father, I pray, God, by your spirit, that you would bring them healing, Father, that you would bring closeness, Lord. I pray that their relationship anchored in you would be above all else, Father. And Lord, I pray blessing upon each husband and each wife represented here today. Father, we thank you for your hand, your blessing. I thank you that our marriages will be strong. Yes. They will be God-honoring. Yes. Our families will flourish. Yes. We will lead healthy churches because we got a healthy life yes. and healthy marriages, God. I thank you for victory. I thank you for faith arising. Come on, somebody give Jesus praise right now for a healthy home, a healthy you, a healthy... Come on, somebody lift up praise to Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up praise to Jesus for a healthy... We hope you enjoyed this session from the ARC Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations and to register for an upcoming ARC Conference, visit artconference.com.